This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Apollo with our crew of three. We have John Crane, the original John Crane, and joining our staff, and we've been trying to get everything settled, is Jared Timms from Diamond Digest. He's now making us a three-man team here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the, the team. Jared, I'll start with you, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I, I'm excited to be on the show. You guys uh, do a great job, and I'm excited to contribute to uh, what you guys have already started i'm you know i'm excited to be here and i'm excited that you guys have uh, asked me to join the crew you know well we're glad to have you bring a lot of minor league expertise to the show and i also look forward to you smacking down certain twitter trolls just for fun and giggles i mean why not yeah you gotta you gotta put them down somehow you know <laughs> It's almost like a rabid dog here. No, no, they're not rabid dogs. I'm just you know, not going there. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a bad joke. John, how you doing, man? Very good. Very good. I like to have another uh, uh, knowledgeable uh, co-host here to really kind of take some more of the weight off of me so I can just provide, you know, lightweight banter and, uh, you know. Uh, and as far as the Twitter trolls, they are just getting out of control. I mean... <laughs> Guys, the season is winding down. It's we're not going to do anything this year. Just lighten up, and I think that we might be discovered uh, covering some of that tonight. But uh, yeah, just lighten up, people. Let's enjoy the end of the season. Let's uh, enjoy the history that we see with Mike Trout and and Albert Pujols and Shohei Otani, and let's have uh, let's have some fun at the end. Have a beer and a dog. A beer and dog. I mean, you're running Relax. to hard liquor now, man. You're going to hard liquor. <laughs> I know so, you would think so. The way these people are talking. <laughs> well, I, I look at the. I mean, I get it. You, you want this team to win. You had your expectations raised during the two thousands. You've seen them go all in the past. But there's a price you pay for going all in, and that was the emptying of the farm system, some other bad decisions, and all of a sudden now you gotta go back and rebuild. It's not. We've talked about before. It's not the NFL where you can rebuild in two years. It's not the the. It's not like in the NBA. Or you can tank. 
okay? And you can go ahead and get a top draft pick and be right back into it. Draft picks for MLB run 40 deep, and a lot of first-round picks don't pan out. A lot of second-round picks don't pan out. It's all more of a crapshoot, and that's part of what baseball is these days. You're going to have 270 players in your organization, not 50 or 25 or 30. It is 270-ish players. When you got that, you're going to have all kinds of different issues and all kinds of different variables that make it harder to predict where your team is going over the course of three, four, and five years. No rebuild is, is given. Some rebuilds have not worked. And I mean, Jared, you cover the farm system a lot. You can testify to how some farm rebuilds have been, well, horrid over the years. And then you can look at ours and, and think, okay, well, where's it at? So I guess before you even get into the ad and everything, I guess what I want to ask you, just kind of give you the, uh, the floor for a second. Where is the Angels farm system right now? You really got to look at I, I know we've talked about this before. I know everybody has talked about this, but you really got to look at who they've graduated uh, this year. Uh, I mean, Renifo, Canning, um, even Suarez, who's had you know a bad year, was uh, by, ranked by some at number two um, in the Angels farm system. Uh, you have you know guys like Adele and Brandon Marsh and even Jemai Jones and Patrick Sandoval, who's read, is, who's already up that are right around the corner and going to be contributing really soon. So, you know, I'm I'm really excited. I might tend to be a little bit um, biased when it comes to this, but I do think that, you know, it's I, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt and I say they're, you know, 15 to 17 range with a lot of upside in the minor, in the uh, lower, lower systems. Um, Jordan Adams is going to be uh, an absolute stud if I have to name one guy. I I've been hearing. I heard some really good things about him in high A, and I'm I'm excited to go see him out there next year. So, and what really draws you into Jordan Adams? Uh, he's he's an athlete. You know, he's he's exactly what the Angels drafted him to be, and I I think he's going to be better than what most people are anticipating. He's not even top 100 prospect yet. I think he crawls into that range at the beginning of next season, and I think that's when he really takes off. Um, I think hitting in in the Cal league will help him out a little bit too. Um, but he's just, I mean, he was a football player his entire life. I mean, he had the scholarship to, I believe it was UNC. Um, his dad's a football coach. Um, you know, football's just in his blood. And the fact that he's playing baseball now full time, he's just barely tapping into his abilities. Um, and the fact that he's still 19 and already found himself in high A is, uh, is pretty incredible. And I, you, you got to, you got to know that the angels see something really special in him and it's going to be cool to see him uh, continue to grow. So I'm, I'm just excited to see he's, he's extremely athletic. I think the power is going to start coming around too. the defense will start coming around. He's fast. I mean, he is, he is a chance to be a real superstar at the major league level. So I, I'm excited for that one. All right, John, we've been on you to get out there and see some uh, inland empire games. You're going to start doing that next year. Yeah, I will. I, I actually, I, you know, I spent my lunch today listening to uh, Taylor Blake Ward, Locked on Angels, because he was talking to the uh, director of uh, media. I was director of something for Salt Lake Bees, and he ran over, like, a lot of the names that um, Jared just mentioned. And I look at this, uh, maybe Jared could give me some more uh, insight on this. Like, how long, I mean, there, we've got, like, several outfield prospects. We've got some, I mean, but we don't have a lot of spaces for these people. So do some of these guys, you know, I mean, obviously Joe Adele is not going anywhere. But you, you mentioned, uh, and you know, the levels that they're at that they're at i mean are, are some of these potential trade baits at some point or do we have room to put these 
these people in. I mean, Upton's kind of locked into a pretty heavy contract. Trout's not going anywhere. You could debate Calhoun. So I mean, we got. I think we have some decent prospects. I guess they're they're still in in lower level, but I don't see a lot of spots to fill in our outfield in our in our, our field positions. Yeah, you know, the Angels have done uh, under Billy Epler a really good job producing the in in the field. You know, offensively. Um, with the bat, and um, it's never, ever a bad thing to have a surplus of players, no matter what. I mean, you even look at it next year with the pitching, um, when, you know, they're going to go out and sign some guys, and they're going to have depth at that position, and it's not going to be guys that they're going to go pick up off the waiver, uh, you know, off that were DFA'd, you know, they're going to be able to, you know, reach into their farm system, whether it's Sandoval or Suarez or even if Canning starts the season down in AAA, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. But um, they're going to be able to reach down there and, and pull guys that you know are going to going to help produce. Even you know if they didn't this year, I think you know. So it's never a bad thing to have a surplus of guys that can play anywhere. But and also you never you, n- you never want to put too much on your prospects as well. So if you the right trade does come along and. The right trade might come along this off season. It you we you might see Epler pull the trigger on you know getting somebody. So so yeah, you never um, you never want to say you know. I mean, it's great to have the number one farm system, but those guys might not ever. I mean, you look at what the Angels. I mean, Brandon Wood, Dallas McPherson, yeah. um, just to name a few. I mean, it's 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 just one of those things where you you never you never know. I mean, even Jose Rojas didn't make the forty man this year and. Um, who knows what's going to happen? I know he's in the Rule Five draft and all of that, but it's um, back, back to my point. It's never a bad thing to have too many pieces down in the minors that you can pull from. So I think they're in, they're looking to be in a, a decently good spot, better spot than they were two years ago, better spot than they were this year. So should be good. I have a question for you on that for casual listeners, especially. But hold on to that for one second. We do want to kind of just step in and say, folks, if you like what we're doing here, this podcast is just four months old. Check us out on Apple Music. Subscribe. We'd really appreciate a five-star review. It'd help us move the charts, help bring people in. If you want us to earn that five-star review, send us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Give us your feedback. And if you happen to be a new listener and you are enjoying the show, please do us a favor. Text a fellow Angels fan. Let them know about the podcast. Or next time you're at the game, hey, I'm, I have this Angels podcast, Talking Halos. Mean the world to us, and we appreciate the support. And uh, also, one more thing. I do apologize for us missing the Sunday-slash-Monday podcast. Had a lot of things planned for it. As you guys know, I'm dealing with a knee issue, and it took me back in uh, to medical care for the week, and hopefully we'll get this all solved and taken care of, and we can be a little more regular again. We were were so, John and I especially, we were on the dot Sundays and Wednesdays for the better part of four months, and it seems the last couple of weeks have been a little harder. Would you agree, John? Yeah, well, I mean, I took a cruise, but, you know, other than that. I- <laughs> you took a cruise. It's true. It's true. So, true story. We got some surprises coming up for you as well, especially as the season ends. And in that respect, I hope that we can make up for missing a couple of days with that. So before we get into the actual subject of the show, you mentioned something key that many people don't either know about or really understand, Jared, and that is the Rule 5 draft. Can you explain that for folks real quick? Yeah, I will explain it to the best of my knowledge. Because <laughs> I honestly, it's a difficult thing to, to grasp, but the Rule 5 draft is basically all minor league players that have not served at the major league level at all. So you, 
you're looking at, you know, guys like Jose Rojas and I believe um, somebody like Jeremy Rhodes and guys like that, those guys will be Rule 5 eligible. If they are that, they have to be put on the 40-man to be protected before, I believe it's dis- sometime in December. I don't have an exact date. Um, I, I, I take it back. December is the draft. Sorry. I, I believe it's, it, it does have to be before that. But yes, you, you have to be on the 40-man and you cannot have served at the major league level at all. And I believe it is four years of service time at, in the minor leagues. And then you become Rule 5 eligible and can be drafted by another team. If you get drafted by another team, you have to be put on the 40-man on that other team for the entire year. Um, and if you are not, if you get you know dropped from the 40-man, you get sent back to the team that you were on before. It gets very confusing. So there's a chance, hypothetically, if Jose Rojas does get drafted um, and the Angels don't protect him, that he might end up becoming an Angel again. So you never know. It, it's It's a long, complicated process. And and we'll see what in, unfolds this offseason for the Angels. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it's, think, yes, it's not. It's, it's, a, it's a process. I, did, I didn't explain it best. I didn't explain it that well, but it's, it is, it's, I'm still trying to learn it to the best of my ability because um, I know there, there's minor league rule fives too that um, I don't even know how that works. Um, I know you can get drafted, but I don't think you can get sent back to your original team. Um, so it just... It's uh, it gets a little bit weird, but you can always find good players in the Rule Five draft. It's it's kind of fun. So uh, yeah, it's something to look forward to. Well, I mean, just to put it in layman's terms, then in layman's terms, what you're seeing with the Rule Five draft is you get to be a certain service time in the minor leagues. If you're not in a 40 man roster by your four year service time, you are eligible for the Rule Five draft. So the team that you're with has to make the decision to put you on the 40 man, or else they got to expose you to the Rule Five draft. Where you can get taken by our team. Fair explanation. Yes, and I'll okay. say the yes. That is the, that is a perfect explanation. I'll give you one name um, that it's going to be interesting. Um, Leo Rivas, who's in a high A for the Angels this year, is Rule Five eligible and has to be put on the forty man. Um, but he is in high A, so he wouldn't make the you know he wouldn't make the major league team next year. So it's just it, it's happened before um, where teams like players and. They just pick them up, and it's it's um, they have to sit on the forty man. Or I think that the uh, Padres did it last year, and then they sent them back down to Single A after they kept them for a year. So it's um, it's very interesting. Well, there we go, folks. We learn something new every day, every day. All right, so John, we gotta give John some credit. John, put, give yourself a big fat pat in the back. John was the one who put together today's show. Oh some- yeah. Interesting articles. I was like, you know what? That works good. That was, let's, let's go ahead and do this. And I, I'm going to be a little hard today on Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic because he wins the Captain Obvious Angels Article of the Day Award. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's my kind of article, okay? That's my okay, kind of my article. Gosh. So. <laughs> <laughs> at the at the athletic, and by the way, just for you know, we're going to have this podcast out later. But just to let you know, when we're recording, we're recording it. It's Wednesday night. It is Angels down one nothing in the bottom of the second inning, and so we just to kind of get an idea of where we are right now. To the A's, it's you know, we're getting to the point now where we're kind of watching the games, but we're not breaking down every game anymore because we're starting to look ahead to what's coming and kind of analyzing this what this team is doing in September, getting players ready. And speaking of all that, back to Ken Rosenthal. And he writes this article saying, titled, 
basically what the Angels need to do to compete in 2020. And then he pretty much doesn't say what the Angels need to do. He just talks about the problems, the whole article. Now, as much as I respect Ken Rosenthal, and I do, he's been an amazing baseball guy for a long time. Thank you for wasting my time. I'm sorry. We can go right now around this little round table, and we can just point out what the Angels need to do in the offseason because it's so clear. How many times as an Angels fan have you guys gone to an offseason had such a clear idea of what the team needs to do next year to be successful? I'll start with Jared. I thought that I was clear on what the Angels needed to do this year, this offseason for 2019. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's one of those things. I kind of read up on Rosenthal's article um, a little bit. I I got got it sent to me because I don't have the athletic, unfortunately. I'm, I'm a bad person. I know everybody has the <laughs> athletic. Um, but I got enough of it to get the gist of it. And I was hoping, you know, that he was going to go into what the Angels needed to do. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I didn't really quite understand the article. Um, I just thought, you know, he pulled a uh, pulled a fast one on us and decided, oh, let's just chew out the Angels for what they've done wrong. <laughs> pitching is the answer I think you were, you were looking for. Oh, uh, you know, right? it's, it's, well, pitching and a catcher, we all know it. Yeah, we pitching all know and a catcher. It. But we, you know what I did, and now this is now me, just Joe Fan, uh, looks at, there was a couple interesting points that he made in there, like, that I hadn't realized, that, you know, Scott Boris is uh, is somebody who Artie Moreno hasn't dealt with since 2011. And I guess they've been contentious. And, uh, and I guess the last time he dealt with them was when Jared Weaver basically told him, I, you need to sign me. And so it was really Jared Weaver that was the one that, uh, that orchestrated that, not necessarily. Uh, so, I mean, the contention there and then, but though I do, we do have a couple uh, players on our, on our team that are represented by Scott Boris right now. I, that was the one thing that stood out that kind of made me go like, yikes, like, uh, cause it, uh, you know, like where I could see problems where I kind of now look at Artie a little bit differently in far as the way that he's gone after. And they actually referenced in there that we weren't. They were beyond our reach. I don't know what that means. Beyond, I, I again, and maybe Jared or you have. I, I haven't really seen, or I guess because we don't get to see those. I've never really gotten the feeling that we were outbid by somebody. Maybe Mark Teixeira back in the day I, by the um, Yankees. I can't think of where we were. Like somebody said, "Well, they're going to pay me more. I'm leaving." But I, I'm probably naive. In terms of past players, past signings being beyond the Angels' reach. I mean, just like this past off season, I can't imagine that we were outbid by somebody. I think oh, I, I think they just chose. I I just feel like they chose a better opportunity. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I would say, based off of just research in recent weeks concerning Patrick Corbin, the Angels had in mind an evaluation of four years or a max hundred million dollars. That's what they were willing to pay him, and they weren't willing to go above that, and they weren't alone. There were several teams out there that were not willing to do what the Nationals did to get Patrick Corbin. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I keep coming back to. But because, oh my gosh, the, the criticism about the Angels about not going to get Corbin, there were 29 other teams besides the Angels bidding for him. That could have been bidding for him. And even if you say, well, most of them or half of them weren't interested or couldn't do it, what about the other half? The other half chose to not get involved because of their own their own observations, their own evaluations, or they were not willing to spend the money or whatever. So the criticism towards Epler on that doesn't wash because you have a place you need to be. And the argument 
that did catch my attention was the idea that the angels actually chose to go ahead and save money for for this offseason when their top prospects, this is Rosenthal talking about it, I'll quote him, he said, in relation to Corbin, once they struck out on their multi-year offers for more prominent free agent pitchers such as Patrick Corbin, they decided to go the one-year route to save money for the 2019-2020 offseason, 2019-2020 offseason, when their top prospects would be closer to making an impact. Not a bad idea except for two things. Well, here's the thing. I, I know I've talked about that on the show where it doesn't make sense to go out there and pay big money in 2016-2017 for a ace picture, picture when you have nothing in the minors below you to kind of support you, right? I mean, we talked about that. Yeah, no, I agree. I liked when I the story that I've heard that, yeah, we didn't get these people, so then we decided, well, let's not – Let's not just throw money away, you know, for long term. Let's just one season it, and it's and and this is our off season. And this is our off season. This is our. If something doesn't happen, there's gonna be heck to pay. I look at and, and Jerry, let's get your thoughts on this here in a second. But I look at it like if this is the angel story, at least it's not ridiculous. At least it makes sense as to why they didn't go out there. But you just don't overpay for somebody you don't believe in. If you, you don't, if you don't believe that Patrick Corbin is your guy. You don't do it. You just don't do it. You can't do the Pujols contracts anymore. We're going to talk about Pujols later in the show, but you don't do those contracts anymore unless that person is going to bring the value back to your team. You think he will. And obviously the Angels didn't feel that way about any of those guys, whether it be Yavaldi or Corbin or Hop. So you know what? They made their call. Joe, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with what you guys are with. With everything, I mean that has been said. Uh, I'll I'll say this because I mean I I hear things that you know most don't, and the Angels are in on a lot, a lot. You know, it's it's not like they're not going out and trying to, you know, actively not make trades or actively not sign players. I mean, they were in on Evaldi, they were in on Hap, they were in on Corbin. You know, until the final minute, if I'm not mistaken, I read something on it on them all those guys and they said that they were in on it until the last minute basically um were they outbid i don't know that extent but you know it it's just kind of one of those things and then you know i believe they actually bid the same amount on wilson ramos who just decided to stay on the east coast so i mean there's there's that too which is an unfortunate scenario and then even you know dating you know getting us a little bit closer at the trade deadline i mean they weren't not in on you know people. They were they were in on people. You just it's got to make sense. You know they're not going to go out and give up hypothetically Adele Marsh Soriano um, and like five other guys for a guy who they're just going to get three years out of. I mean it just you know it doesn't it doesn't make sense to do some of the trade some of these trades that have been proposed. So um, yeah, you know I mean regarding if the Angels are in on anything and if the fans are you know, happy or not happy. I mean, I, all I have to say is, you know, sometimes the fans, I mean, sometimes it, even us, we don't hear about what's going on behind the scenes and there's stuff that will pop up, you know, um, a couple years later, like how uh, the Angels almost traded for Miguel Cabrera, um, you know, or instead of him going to the Tigers, you know, he could have been an Angel with Trout in their prime and, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Who, who would have knows what would have happened? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's not like the angels or it's not like any major league team isn't in on players. They're not trying, not trying to sign players. It's just 
um, like you guys said, it just it needs to make sense. It's got to they do their scouting on it. Uh, it has to fit the mold. It has to be the right amount of money. It's not just like how you play, you know, the show or how you play a video game where you can just say, hey, I want to sign this guy for $150 million for seven years. And just with one click of A or X, you know, they say yes or no. <laughs> you know, it just it's it, it takes a lot more than that. So. Well, to me, that's the real issue, though, is that you don't know. And this is where I get frustrated because, hey, I have people accusing me of being this big Epler guy, this Epler supporter, which drives me nuts because I'm more than willing to call out the mistakes he's made because he's made some. He's not perfect. There's no perfect GM in the world. But when you hammer the team for not making trades, and their typical response is, well, they failed to get that guy. They didn't get this trade done. They didn't, this, they didn't trade Cole Calhoun. They didn't do this. Well, how do you know they didn't trade? They weren't trying to trade Cole Calhoun. How do you know the circumstances? What, what if the other team backed out last minute because they got cold feet and it wasn't the Angels? What if you made a fair offer? What if the offer was good for both sides and just the other, t- the other guy decided, no, hey, you know what? We're going to keep this guy because we don't, we, just, we don't want him to go. You don't know that. We don't know all these things. Teams don't make these things public. If they were made public, heads would roll. And so it just seems really ridiculous for people to judge Epler on the things they don't know. And that is what blows my mind. As we look at, there's the other article that John sent, and we're going to go right to it. We're going to transition to it right now. There's an article written by Fabian Ardaya over at The Athletic. We know a friend of the show. He's on a few times. And he looks at what's gone wrong and what's gone right and what's next to the Angels. And he, he basically points out that, yes, yes, they do have some flaws here. They have made, He has made mistakes. He did go for 0 for 5 this last offseason. He did you know, have to make some decisions when it comes to free agency that he didn't really want to make. But nonetheless, they still have some guys there. And they still have to, you know, they have a ability to make some moves. There is increased depth in the system. Uh, one of the big things that like, you know, we talked about, Jared, I've covered this with you numerous times. John, you and I have talked about it numerous times. Is a farm system being, it was ranked somewhere between 12 and 15 when the season started. Then it dropped as the year went on down to about 21, 22, depending on the, on the meter. And that really irks me because you didn't all of a sudden just lose talent. People graduated. People moved up. And yeah, you had some prospects that didn't have the world's best best years. Prospects have good years and bad years as they develop. It's not the end of the world. So all of a sudden, this farm system magically got worse when guys are graduating? Really? Well, I think a point, too, that that, that really needs to be said about all these, these critics is there. what is the biggest criticism of the, of the Angels? Who are the biggest players, the, the biggest criticism of players this year? Um, Albert Pujols. Long-term contract to secure him. Justin Upton, long-term contract to secure him. You know, we go out and we spend money, and it doesn't work, and then they say, well, they're stupid. They're, these guys don't know what they're doing. So we don't even know, you know, we didn't sign a long-term big money contract. I think that's what they tried to avoid this offseason was not committing a bunch of money so that if something did go wrong, we get an arm injury or they just don't perform. Everybody isn't screaming again, uh, you know, about, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, it's just you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And this offseason, they're going to do it again. And if something doesn't work right, they're going to be damned that they did. So, you just can't please everybody. To me, you kind of made a point there when it comes to the spending money, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you are 
expect this team to go out there and blow money, and then they don't, you get mad. If they go spend a bunch of money a year later when they're not doing too well, you get mad. Upton has a turf toe injury. People do not understand the problems a turf toe injury can cause. They do not understand it. They just don't, okay? And yet they're going to hammer just nothing this year. Like, the dude didn't play until June, didn't really have a spring training, didn't really, you know, who knows how that turf toe is feeling. It's not an injury that goes away immediately. It's going to affect things. It's going to, it may even just, it, it may feel fine, but it's in your head still. There are so many things go turf toe injuries that people don't understand, and yet you're going to hammer them about that big contract. Players get injured, and things happen, but you're going to hammer the Angels for the contract. If you do, you're going to hammer if they don't, and it, it's like you expect. We've I've said it. Jared, you said it. The video game thing where everything works in your favor. It's just not how it works. Yeah, no, I totally agree with uh, what John had to say there, and uh, I mean, it's, it's you know, regardless of what happens in, with the track record of the Angels and not being able to, and I'm air quoting here, sign good players and that will produce for you. Um, and, you know, whether or not the Angels are cursed or not, um, completely different story um, on that one. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not easy to do. You know, it's not easy to build a contender. And I think this is just proving it. You know, that it's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy what the Dodgers are doing. It's not easy what the Yankees have put together. You know, it's just, it's, it's not an easy thing. And if, it's, if you do go out there and sign somebody and it works out, it looks amazing. But if it doesn't, you know, it's, it's just, it's such a, it's, it's a lose-lose and you lose money. And I mean, we could, we could probably go on and on about this for days and days and days, you know. So in your opinion, Jared, what do you think the Angels did wrong with Epler, I mean, what is what are Epler's big mistakes that people can say? Okay, you know what, those are mistakes. Those are things he shouldn't have done. And what's he done right? Let's just analyze it. What he's done wrong, and what's he done right? I think that he's done more right than he has wrong, and I've been public about that. Um, I think that he can, you know, definitely get lucky because I think it's a little bit of luck. I think he could get lucky by signing a couple names that pan out. Zach Cozart's been hurt, which has been completely unlucky. Um, you know, I mean, Shohei Otani has been a great ad and that's been completely Epler. Um, Mike Trout coming, I mean, becoming an angel for life is, is huge. And I think that has a lot to do with what Epler has done and has built. And I mean, I, you know, haven't, I don't think I've ever said this, you know, publicly, but it's, you know, does Jerry DePoto get, build the team around Trout enough to, you know, keep him here in, in Anaheim? I mean, it's, I, you could play the what if game all day, but um, you know I, I don't think he does. You know I, I don't. I think Trout might have been traded already if if Jerry Depoto is still here. And um, who knows? That's almost like you know trading Babe Ruth away. Uh, but back on to Epler, I, I think that you know it's um, he's he's done a lot of good. He just needs to get a, a little bit lucky, and I think he needs to hit with some free agents. Um, he's done very good building the farm system up. Uh, Contrary to you know what most fans believe, I think he's done a very good job of that. I think he's done um, a good job with finding under the radar, you know, guys. You look at uh, Tom Lestella, Brian Goodwin, um, you know, guys like that. I think he brought in Martin Maldonado too, who he has turned into Patrick Sandoval. So you know, I think there's um, he's done a lot of good. I think he's done more good than he's done bad. But yeah, he definitely needs to get lucky and he needs to hit on a couple free agents, especially this offseason. 
Well, that's that's exactly what I, you know. I, I think I highlighted that the last time we talked about you know look around the infield. I mean, what about David Fletcher? Um, and again, Tommy Listella. People have kind of forgotten about Tommy Listella because he's been gone. But I mean, he did get some. He did get. He didn't get pitching. That's what he didn't get. He didn't get pitching. But um, he did get some. He did hit on some players. I, so I mean, you know, it's it's easy to not give him credit because we're so we're so you know everybody's well, pitcher pitcher. But he has had some some successes. I mean, I, I think the Upton when he resigned Upton, I was I was ecstatic that he resigned Upton. I didn't think I didn't think Upton was going to resign with us once we picked him up, but he did. And you know what? And like I said, he didn't get a spring. I don't think you can totally judge him on this season, but I know it hasn't worked out. But that's again that's Monday morning quarterbacking. I think every fan was excited when they signed Upton. Oh, most yeah, fans. I, I I was excited as a fan. I mean, I I like the trade too. I mean, you, you look at who you gave up. I think was it uh, was it Fabian who mentioned it that he gave up uh, uh, Victor Alcantara or is it Victor Alcantara? I can't remember um, his name. And uh, Grayson Long, who's retired, and um, Alcantara is in high A, and he has barely uh, he didn't play this year. Um, so I mean, and you gave it up. You gave you got uh, Justin Upton back, and uh, I, I mean, yes, the uh, extension is uh, a lot of money, but. Um, he was an all-star. I mean, all-star for what it was. He he's a very good player. He he's he was hurt this year. I think if you give him a you know a full spring training and you start him off well, I still think that he can hit two seventy five, three fifty, and hit you uh, twenty five to thirty home runs, which is you know exactly what the Angels are looking for. You know, to protect Trout and Otani, and you know you put a full healthy year of Simmons in the mix. Um, you're, you, you're, I'm getting excited for next year now. <laughs> well, he's more than capable of 30-plus home runs, not 25 to 30. And the average, I think, as time goes on, will be around you know between 250 and 270. That's who he's always been. Well, when will that bat slow down? When will he you know, when will he fall back? I mean, that's what I think people are afraid of. Is, is he falling back now? Is he coming back to – is he pulling poo holes early? You know, or poo holes really his, – his batting average just – dive bond from where he used to hit to now and that i think is a fair concern but man give the guy credit and give him a little bit of understanding injuries change things and can mess up a whole season if he comes in next year and just is a complete train wreck then you you have a you have a case then but to me the mistakes epler made yeah they're mistakes i think some of those you didn't really think they would be mistakes the uh, the trevor cahill signing to me was understandable he was solid last year. He was, he was fine. Even Matt Harvey, to a degree, I think they probably paid too much, but even Matt Harvey, to a degree, was understandable because he was solid, not great, but solid in Cincinnati when he, during his time there, which is, a, which is, by the way, is a hitter's ballpark. I can blame him for Cody Allen because anybody who's seen Cody Allen pitch in the last three years could tell you he was falling apart, and I was one of the people that would you were so excited when they signed him Derek. oh sarcasm come on on, sarcasm you know better than that (laughs) i mean you know zach kozar was a signing i wasn't too fond of but given his numbers and the needs for third base you can at least somewhat understand it i don't really get all the vitriol i think it's the fact that you struck out so much at one point but we're actually we're i think we're actually kind of pulling we're pulling a ken rosenthal right now in the, with his article, his article talked about the problems and didn't actually say what the team must do to build a contender. So, really quick before we move on, let's say that. What is the, the obvious thing to me is you need a catcher who is your long-term solution. Stassi is probably your guy who will be, if they get cold, 
there's his battery mate. That's his that's his buddy that that's where they go, okay? But you still need an everyday guy who's what are they gonna do for catcher? The bullpen is gonna need some work this offseason because you have several contracts that are that are coming and going. You have guys who've been unsteady, good, but you're wondering about them, especially as they've been overworked. So you want to kind of look in there. But it all goes back to starting pitching. It goes back to starting pitching and who they get in the in the rotation. Can they compete with who they get? And, and basically give the Angels young pitchers, Suarez, Canning, Sandoval, give them time to actually develop instead of being relied on. Again, that's that's the big goal right now, and it's so easy to see. It's so easy that we can go Geico here, and even you know a, a caveman can do it. Okay, in terms of understanding what they need, uh, am I wrong, guys? I mean, not at all. You know, I mean, I think you know you you need to go out and you got to get a, a solid catcher. Uh, I mean, you need to go get pitching, and I think you know uh, the bullpen will always be a crapshoot. Now, you know, you never. It's it's you. I mean, I think that uh, the Angels uh, broadcast was talking about it yesterday with the A's. I mean, Lou Trevino, Blake Trinan, and uh, Liam Hendricks. I, I, all three of those guys. I mean, Hendricks has been solid this year. He got DFA'd last year. Um, Trinan and uh, Trevino were you know brought them to the to the playoffs basically. Um, so I mean, it's uh, you're going to have to go out and I think you know that, that uh, yeah you gotta you have to go out and get pitching. Um, whether you know it's Cole or uh, Bumgardner or whoever Wheeler, whoever you want to go get, and then you need to go get a couple um, relievers and a catcher for sure. I think the offense is set, and I think that you know Epler's done a great job with building that offense. Um, you know, so but but yeah, you know, you definitely got to go out and get some pitching and get the catcher. But you know what? You know what we're going to do to get this stuff. We're going to pay a lot of money, and we're going to give a years. Which is exactly what got us in this. I mean, so it is a crapshoot again. I mean, we're not going to shine one-year contracts. We're going to give long-term contracts with a lot of money. And knock on wood, it works out. And I, and I think it will. I mean, we're going to go after quality starters. So, um, but that's, I mean, and, uh, yeah. Anyways, I also want to throw out, because, we, you know, Simmons, we forget about Simmons. Uh, Epler got us uh, Simmons, a uh, defensive genius there at shortstop. So I like to give Billy Epler credit when I can. Because he also got us Otani. So the thing with all those issues that we talk about with, with the Angels that have fixed, that's the scary part. You're going to have to spend eventually one way or the other, especially with a guy like Cole. And the scary thing about that is if you throw that money away on him, and the only way is to throw away is if he fails, then you could set yourself back. But I also think he's the guy that's worth risking it on. I wasn't so sure that Corbin was the guy worth risking it on. But with Cole, even though he's got a little bit of mileage on him, he's stayed healthy. He hasn't had many problems. You don't really see a whole lot of problems with his delivery. He's well taken care of. I mean, it's a perfect match. And if anything, if you can get three years out of him, if you can just get three years out of him while you develop the younger core of kids coming up, and now we're talking low A, the kids are, are the future, while you can mainstay the front line, then it's worth it's worth the long-term deal. They're not going to sign for 12 years or anything. That's not going to happen. So it's worth a shot. I, you have to go there. But you also mentioned, uh, I mean, another name came up in the in your what you sent me, John, and I want to get there in a second. Before we do it, we are running long. Oh, my gosh. My goal was to have a slight, a slightly shorter podcast tonight. And once we get talking, we just don't shut up around here. It's just the, the thing here. But if you look at the sponsor us, reach out to us at talkinghills at gmail.com if you like what we're doing and want to help keep the lights on here. 
You could also leave a voicemail with us at 657-666-5453. We would really appreciate the opportunity to work with you, to advertise on our show, or anything really. So just check it out, okay? We're also part of the Big Heads Podcast Network now. And as being part of that network, we want to go ahead and give some props to one of our co-podcasts, one of our partner podcasts. Check them out. Here you go. My name is Dave Knittle. I'm Christian Knittle. And my name is Matthew Knittle. We are the three hosts of the Bros Talking Soccer podcast. You may have noticed that we all have the same last name. Well, that's because we are brothers, bros, talking soccer. Get it? On Bros Talking Soccer, we talk about what's happening in American and European soccer. We also have interview episodes where we talk with guests working on grassroots projects in American or European soccer. Follow us on Twitter at BT Soccer Pod or visit our website, brostalkingsoccer.com, for more info. All of our shows are recorded on YouTube, where you can come interact with us as we record. Bros Talking Soccer is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Just search Bros Talking Soccer. Hope to talk to you again soon. All right. So one of the names that popped up that somebody wrote about, and I think was, I don't agree with it, by the way, but at least it's outside the box thinking you sent an article over on, it's over at halohangout.com. And the uh, the author, he wrote about the possibility of, well, he wrote about the possibility of Steven Strasberg being an angel next year. For those that don't know, he has an option this year of getting out, getting out of his deal and going back into free agency, trying to make one big last contract. It's Vincent Page, by the way, who wrote the article over there. And um, at 31 years old, he's had Tommy John surgery. I'd have concerns, but I'll, I'll get your thoughts first. Jerry, what do you think? It all depends if uh, that option gets picked up or not. Uh, I think it's something that, you know, if, if he becomes a free agent, then uh, the Angels will you know, without a doubt, be uh, interested in. And, um, you know, if he's not a free agent, then he, I believe, is a free agent in third or 2021, I believe, or the year after that. So it, it just, it's just going to kind of depend on whether or not, you know, that option gets picked up or not. Until that happens, you know, it's just kind of, uh, it's just kind of floating up there right now. I mean, it'd be a great piece to add, but, uh, but yeah, until, uh, until it happens, it's kind of floating above everybody's heads, you know? <laughs> Oh, it brings good. Yeah, I mean, he's a, it brings name recognition, but he's he's a little older. But what what about? I mean, I mean, I, at this point, we'll take. I mean, it depends. I guess it depends on how many years you give him too. Um, what about he and what? How do you say he and G? Were you? Yeah, he's thirty three though, man. He's a great pitcher, but he's thirty three, and he's also a Boris client. He to me, he's a short term guy. If a short term option, if you can get him, but he'll be a tough get. What, just because, what, the Dodgers? You don't think we can outbid the Dodgers? <laughs> no, he's a Boris guy. I mean, you just talked about yeah, that on the show. He's a Boris guy. And, and you know, you're going to have to throw money at Cole. And now, now you got to try and sign. Maybe it could actually work out. These If these two sides could, could get a little bit of the, uh, shall I say, the ice melted between them, there's there's some good negotiation that could happen there. So we, we could hope for it. But, you know... Three, I, he's a great pitcher. Again, thirty-three. You don't have him forever. He's thirty-two. Well, he'll be thirty-three when you sign him. Oh yeah, when the spring. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Strasburg to me, thirty-one years old, has had Tommy John. Um, my red flags are up. Even though he's been consistent throughout his career, I watched him early in his career and I saw him hurt a lot. And 
I mean, that, I think that he was, to me, he was a number one guy at one point, potential-wise, and just didn't work out. But the Angels need a number one guy. I guess he's an option if you need him. But it's really cold or bust in a lot of ways. I mean, they kind of backed themselves in that corner because he is such a great fit, and everybody knows he's a great fit. So they can just drive the price on him, too, before ducking out, and it'll be too late. I'd prefer to sign somebody who hasn't had arm issues because we have enough of that already. True, true, true. That's a, that's a one thing. And also, before we go, we do want to talk a little bit about Albert Pujols. I've been hard on him in the past, but the numbers don't lie. His average is up a little bit this year. He's been performing very well late in the season, which is very uncommon for a guy who's 39 years old for any star. We saw him hustle in second base every day. John, this is your moment, dude. I know you've been waiting to give some Albert Pujols praise. and go right to you before I go to Jared. Talk about Albert, man. You know what? I, I, I don't even want to like talk about the numbers. He has decent numbers. You know, for, obviously for his salary, he's he's grossly overpaid. But for his numbers and just for the pure heart, this guy has been showing this season. Stretch and see. I mean, you know, if you put his heart, you know, I I, I reference this back to uh, last year with Manny Machado in the World Series when he didn't even run out an infield grounder that he would have been safe uh, had he ran it out. I mean, I just, the guy is still playing at his, the top of his level. He is trying. He's not, he's not, I'm injured, I'm old, you know, I'm just, uh, um, and we've seen an improvement. He's not a bad, he's, you know, he's, again, salary is, is, is what makes him what he is. And is obviously his batting average is low, but why he is so why people are so critical of him is because his salary and because we have him for a couple more years and he's tying up our our our, our money. Um, but otherwise, on just on paper and heart, I mean, gosh, I wish. I mean, I'm not going to say. I mean, Mike Trout obviously has that heart, so um, I I like Albert. I like the history. I am frustrated when he walks up when there's. Uh, no outs and two men on and he hits it and I'm thinking you know Albert just strike out or hit a fly one or the other please 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 and you know anyways <laughs> Jared you know it, it's one of those things and you mentioned it perfectly John you know it there's sometimes you know in the eighth inning when the Angels are down by two runs and you wish like hey can you just kind of strike out um, but in another way you know you think this what this guy has brought to the table for this organization um you know not just on the field but off the field he's he's um you know such an incredible incredible human being um with the way that he's you know done his charity work with him and his wife and it feels like he's not playing baseball he's doing something for the community so that's that's one factor that that gets very overlooked and you know the, the intangibles uh, you know behind the scenes that we don't see you know who who uh stands right next to uh every, every national anthem mike trout mike, mike trout, trout mike trout exactly exactly i mean you you can hate on albert pujols all you want um but i don't think there's anybody in all of baseball, I would. I mean, there might be a couple, but I don't think there's very many that I would want to sit down one on one with and absolutely pick his brain all day about baseball because of how smart this guy is. I mean, it's 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 just the intangibles are there. You know, John, you mentioned it perfectly. It's you know extremely unfortunate how much he's getting paid and he's underperforming to the highest extent. 
and it's incredible to see you know what he's doing right now. I tweeted it out earlier today. You know, with his last since the All Star break, he's hitting very well for an almost forty year old. But you know, it's not what you see on the field. It's kind of what we don't see off the field and what he's doing. So um, yeah, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's a win. Still going to be a win for the Angels, no matter what. Um, with what he brings to the clubhouse and how you know what he's taught to everybody. I'm sure you know he's he's taught some of the coaching staff some stuff too. So it's 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 just kind of one of those things. All right. So we'll get into the next question here a little more on the next show. The three of us. I want to table it a little bit, but I do I do want to tease it. Which September call up do you want to see the most now and why? Jared Walsh because he I, I he's he did some incredible things down in AAA which had you know the juice ball and is playing in Salt Lake and everything but uh, I'm excited to see Jared Walsh and I want to see him um, pitch and hit in a couple games as well I think that's not out of the question I, I agree with that and I just said uh, listen to, listen to the Locked On Angels podcast they went over and broke down these people and Jared Walsh same thing I, and I would also like to see him you know maybe clean up at, at the, the, you know, to sit, give the bullpen a little bit of a break and let him pitch. But I mean, it's his bat is, his bat has got great, great potential and, and obviously more than potential. So I would like to see him more of him too. I'm going different. I am looking at Taylor Ward. I want to know where he is as a, I want to see where he is as a major leader. Can he be a guy who will, be able to help this team in the future or not. And it's getting to be about that time. He's going to be 26 next year. It's time to know what he can offer. It's time for him to see if he can fit in this roster. So Taylor Ward's guy wants to play. Get him, the, get him in there. Get him in there and let him play. And let's see if he has what it takes now or not. I mean, is he is he going to be another major draft pick for the Angels that flops? Is that how it's going to end? That's what I want to see. All right, so all that said, it is time for us to hit the road. As we're getting ready to shut down the shop right now, the Angels are down 2 nothing in the bottom of the fifth. By the time you actually listen to this, the game will be over, but at least you know where we are and what we're doing right now. Camp 2 nothing. My goodness. All right. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. Search for our page, the Talking Halos group, and the Talking Halos page on Facebook. You can find me, Derek C. Paula, at DC Paula, and John Crane at Jake's Crane John. And, of course... Jared Timms at Jared underscore Timms. You can find us on Spreaker, Apple Music. You can pretty much almost anywhere podcasts can be found. We're there. So for Jared, John, and the entire team here, this is Derek C. Paul saying we are out of here. Have a great one. And I'll be back tomorrow night with a special short podcast just previewing the White Sox series. Take it easy. We're out. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. 
The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.